This is the Fantasy Road Show. Oh, look at the doggy. Yep. <laughs> That's a, who do we got back there? That's Moose. Moose. What a name. Moose. I love yeah. it. I love it. Moose. Yeah, um, awesome. Get it. Uh, I guess that's our that's our new intro. Um, get get us in, get get us in here, Rye. Yeah, welcome in, roadies, uh, to another episode of the Fantasy Road Show, uh, hosted by yours truly, Culls and Truck. Uh, you can find me at Fantasy underscore Trucker. Find him at Culls underscore Sports. Follow the show at Fantasy Road Show. Uh, check us out on YouTube if you're listening on podcast form. Stop what you're doing. Go to YouTube.com/slash/SportsEthos. The video is live. Uh, also, check out the Substack, thefantasyroadshow.substack.com. And we are joined by a new guest, uh, first-time guest on the road show, uh, contributor for Sports Ethos, Brian Shade. Brian, how you doing today? Uh, and thank you for joining us. Doing well. How about you guys? Good, man. Uh, holiday. It's Labor Day. Um, Moose just lit up my day a little bit. I mean, that's just <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm a big dog guy, but just look at Moose looking so comfortable with uh, back on that chair. I love it. Um, yeah, that's yeah, his that's, spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throh> right. Oh, so, yeah. We're going to do uh, dive in spotlight uh, B Shade for coming on and joining us. Uh, another sports ethos contributor, um, big brain guy. Uh, I, I really, really like the. Uh, I think we have a very different style in terms of how we look at fantasy sports, but definitely uh, respect your opinion and think that, um, you know, I, I love the different perspectives we get at sports ethos. Everyone kind of has their own twist and you can trust the word of every single person. So uh, excited to hear uh, what you got for us this year. And then we're going to, we're going to dive into awards as well. Um, so it uh, should be a pretty fun episode uh, in that being said, buckle up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like uh, like Cole said, uh, we're, we're getting into our awards predictions. Um, so the NFL Honors Awards, uh, you know, talking about MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and the Coach of the Year. We are leaving out comeback player of the year because that is kind of a guarantee of who's going to get that this Demar Hamlin. Um, so no need to really cover that too much in depth, but um, yeah, we're going to get into it today. Um, talk about who we think is going to win the award and then kind of a dark horse on uh, who we think has the uh, most potential to win that award. Uh, because as we know, it doesn't always work out. Uh, the favorites don't always win every category. So uh, someone's going to win and we'll see who it is. So yeah, um, but it'll, yeah, we'll at first, First, let's get into uh, let's introduce Brian to the roadies. Um, you know, mo uh, like we do with all of our guests, we're gonna get an intro. Uh, where you're from? Favorite team? Give us a quick fantasy breakdown um, of said team, and then a little bit of how you got into fantasy. Ended up at Sports Ethos, and kind of what you're doing there. Yeah, so I am. I was born like 20 minutes north of Philly. Oh, I grew up mostly in like uh, Baltimore area in Maryland. So I moved here when I was like two and a half, currently living outside of Annapolis, Maryland. But I'm in the process of moving to Florida. That's, we still got to get, we're building on a property. So we still got to get that done with. And that'll be about a year before we go down there. Where in Florida? Like 
20 minutes north of Tampa. So Bucks, is that you gonna be a big Bucks guy? No, but I, mean, <laughs> I can enjoy their future tanking and uh, up yeah. and coming team. Hopefully they get Caleb Williams. We'll see. Yeah. I'll uh, enjoy watching them for sure. Yeah, I wanted to kind of trap you into saying that and send this podcast to all your Philly boys and just get absolutely roasted. Yeah, no, that's not happening. But um, I actually started fantasy in 2003. I was like eight at the time. I just had a family league, and we I had no clue what I was doing. I just – I think I just drafted McNabb first every time. Donovan McNabb, that is. But – I've learned a lot since then. I've been doing, I mean, I obviously got big into it in college. And then I started here with Sports Ethos. I mean, this is the first season for a bunch of us. Yeah. Started here. I love auction leagues. I think they're the most fun. I think you can, the freedom you have to do what you want with them. I enjoy those the most. And kind of my strategy to fantasy is definitely more like, data back like a background in data i that's mostly what i do for work now so i just give me an excel sheet and i'll work with it and hope to give some useful insights out of all the data i can find love it um so few few things i want to talk about here uh specifically philly so um we we had our first we have an episode out there that is in the vault um ryan and i were just trying to figure out fantasy like what we're gonna do what this podcast is we literally i went i went on the road with ryan in the 18 wheeler um i was waiting to move down to austin and we go from chicago to philly and we're just figuring it out right like Mm -hmm. just a huge brainstorm uh end up in philly a guy i work with is a big Philly guy. He went to the same high school as Swift. Do you know what, what high school that is? DeAndre Swift? Uh, I think that's in Bucks County. I, I don't, so I, I, I could, I could look it up here in a second. I don't recall, but he's just Philly guy. Right. Yeah. So we're like, all right, where do we film? Um, so we go to Chickies and Pete's and uh, just kind of like liquid courage, having a couple of beers about to press play. Um, and we'll just kind of tease at some point when we get, you know, a big enough following, we'll release this episode, but one beer turned into, um, I won't say the number like 32. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just the, the, the brotherly love, the, um, you know, you Pete, Pete jr. Was there and just feeding us beers and just like things, you know, that was our first intro to Philly. Um, so I'm guessing you grew up to go into games. You've been aware of. I've actually never. I never went to my first live NFL game was like two years ago. It was uh, Redskins Eagles at the time, now Commanders in D.C. I've never been to Philly Stadium. I moved when I was like two and a half. And then I've had I have a few buddies that kind of live around the area now. I just never made it out. I was always sitting on the couch watching. I do wow. find more comfort in that. Yeah. But I my one of my best friends lives in Philly and I'm hoping to find a time to go to the game. Yeah, definitely. Um I I'm mean, just a big Philly pretzel guy. Yeah. Um so I'm getting some background noise from someone. Do you hear that, Ry? I do, yeah. Hello, hello. 
All right, we're good. I don't know what happened there. Um, so <laughs> another, my other Philly story is I went to a Bears. You, you brought up McNabb, and it made me remember this. I went to a Bears-Eagles game, playoff game um, in, in Chicago, and the Eagles just absolutely beat the living shit out of us. And um, I don't recall what year it is. I'm sure I could look up the game. But I remember it being a pretty bad game and walking out of the stadium. And then there's just Eagles fans being absolutely relentless and just oh, yeah. hammered and like like fighting Bears fans. And I was so young at this time, like under 10 and just thinking, like, looking at my dad being like, why are they so angry? They just won. <laughs> and that was like Any reason intro. to riot. <laughs> yeah, that was the the intro to Philadelphia fan base for me. But, um, you know, obviously as an adult now, I kind of didn't need to ask that question. It's been answered time and time again. Um, I love it. So, Eagles, tell us about, I mean, obviously, incredible year last year. We can expect a lot of the same. I think the running back room is the question mark. Give us a breakdown, uh, fantasy relevance from quarterback through tight end. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is QB1. I just – I think when you look at last season, there was – the strength of schedule was very poor. Going into it, people even knew that. This year it's way up. So in the fourth quarter of like half their games, they weren't even trying. They were just running the football out. Yeah. making it to next week, trying to avoid injuries. So even if you have four more close games, that means Jalen Hurts is actually playing in the fourth quarter and doing more, accumulating more stats, et cetera. I just think like their passing offense, I think it's going to have a big increase. The rushing game, I take your best bet. I think it's Gainwell. You can argue Swift is more talented. I hear you, Penny more effective in a running game, but I just think Gainwell's trusted there. And then uh, I just think the way their RPO offense works, it tends to just hyper-target whoever's playing. So I think Devonta, AJ, and Dallas Goddard are just going to be – they'll have 80% of the whole target share, I think, just them combined. And I think that you're going to – you're going to be happy if you end up with one of them. In my one home league, it's an auction draft, mostly because I'm in a bunch of other leagues. I just said, I'm going all Eagles. I have Hertz, I have Brown, I have Smith, and I have Goddard. And I'll live and die by them, and I think I will be pretty successful. Just 30 points, 35, 42 points a game. Just, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. yeah. I, so I am a huge Devonta Smith guy. Um, I think he's awesome. I think he's getting better. Um, so I'm all for, I just like Devonta Smith at his ADP better than I like AJ Brown at his. Mm. Um, and you can't go wrong either way. Right. I'm just, I don't think there's, I think Devonta is as good and could be counted on just as much as AJ Brown. So I'll get him at the end of the second, as opposed to spending a first round draft pick on Brown. Um, yeah. I see Smith is having more receptions, Brown having more touchdowns. So it's just he's a bigger target. You can he's gonna be way easier to have your box out, uh, fade. Goddard's gonna be big in the red zone as well. Devonta Smith just gets open. Like yeah. he's his speed. very doesn't look like Keenan Allen, but like that's his game or just route running is amazing. 
and he'll yeah. again, I think he'll be the <clears throat> leading receptions. Brown probably a little bit more yards and touchdowns. Uh, yeah, you I can see over that. There, Rye, I mean, you're 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 frozen. No, you're good. We we had zero good? technical difficulties earlier, and now we're starting to freeze up a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're good. Give us your uh, give us your take on those wide receivers. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> uh, very big on Devonta Smith and uh, AJ Brown, but uh, I'm curious to see how this all shakes out with Goddard fully healthy. Uh, I know that Devonta Smith got an uptick last year with Goddard being out, so. Uh, I just want to make sure that wasn't a fluke and uh, wasn't uh, solely because Goddard was out. So I'd like to yeah. see all that, all that shakes out. Yeah. So to add with the running backs, I mean, I've always kind of been a Gainwell guy last year in the playoffs. I, I, I agree with you. Like last year in the playoffs, he looked good. Like it's not only is he the veteran presence there uh, based on last year, like he was really coming into his own and complimented what they're doing on that offense so well. Um, so yeah, everyone's talking about, oh, well, they brought in Penny, they brought in Swift at huge discounts, right? Like yeah. they literally had no, there was no, there wasn't much risk bringing in those guys and the talent level of Swift. Like, I think that can be an absolute grand slam in that offense. Uh, cause he does have a lot of the same skill set as Gainwell. Obviously you're adding a new element. He needs to learn the offense. He needs, uh, but, but his, running style and skill set behind that offense uh by behind that offensive line and with that rpo and how much space that it, it opens up i think swift i mean he's gonna have some monster runs like yeah. uh so i i think you're gonna see some 60 yard touchdowns stuff like this, things mm -hmm. along those lines uh and hopefully later in the season um he really builds on some momentum but from a weekly consistency just trusting um tr trusting the guy there it, to me it's gain well as well and i i always kind of echoed that statement you know it kind of picked up in the fantasy world late when uh that first preseason game came along and he was um i think he was sitting right or yeah so what, what, was they, the... what they actually did was they rotated i think they basically rotated the running backs who was sitting. So he was sitting yeah. the first time, which obviously got the most news about it because it was the first game. And then after right. that, I think Swift sat, Boston Scott sat. Like they all kind of yeah. sat once. Trey Sermon, we've all heard about from his 49er days and thought he was going to be great. He was their bell cow in preseason, and then they cut yeah. him. Like yeah. they don't normally play much in the preseason. They use those uh, – practices i forget what they call them like the live practices with other teams yeah. they use that for their preseason mostly yeah so that's was people like to react right they have nothing Ooh. better to do than just sit and listen to news so like you and i probably were sitting there just being like not putting much stock into that but mm -hmm. the fantasy world and you know that those types of narratives get ran with and then you see adp's effect because of it mm -hmm. um so that was the case there um, and if you even just listen, I think that's what Sirianni came out and said. He's like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to rotate, uh, Gainwell and Scott are going to sit game one, yeah. the, you know, so that wasn't, there wasn't too much there, but, um, but anyways, yeah. So, um, I had another point to go to this cold is really just scrambling my brain, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, what, so give us like, 
what you do with ethos, what we can look towards, uh, you know, your work. I mean, we'll be promoting it as well, but let, uh, let the roadies know just where to find you and like what, you know, what kind of things you're going to be working on that, that, that can help them win their fantasy leagues. Yeah. So I started out by doing offensive line rankings actually in the off season. That was really cool for me to just dig in and it's never something I've done in the past, but Obviously, as an Eagles fan, I do Philly's top three. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate a good offensive line, and I don't even feel like a homer saying they're far and away the best. There's definitely like Lions are up there, Vikings, Ravens are up there. Like, just the difference that an offensive line makes, I think, is huge in fantasy because, all right, like you can just plug and play someone. If the Eagles were just a, I need a bell cow back, you could plug and play anyone of starting caliber and they'd be successful. Unfortunate to the fantasy community, Eagles just rotate a lot. But like Madison, perfect example. You just named exactly. the Vikings. Yeah. So like I just think that's a good plug and play option. I use him in a bunch of like zero RB setups. He's my first running back on the board. But I've done that. I've actually first time ever I did projections. I basically the goal was kind of create a model for this year and then moving forward. I'm hoping I can work with a bunch of people at sport these sports ethos and get like their opinions on it. Cause the, the hard part in these models is like, all right, what's Devonta Smith's yards per catch going to be this year? Like what is, what's the running back share going to be? What's the wide receiver share? And I did best, estimate and best guesses based off previous data but i also think it might be useful next year to say hey i have this model set up like let me talk to you guys and say all right ryan what do you think for this year like what do you think the bears are going to split their receiver share with and just so that we have differing views and opinions and you just plug and play in the model and it'll spit out projections so i'm looking forward to that for the future and then in season, I'm working on a bunch of buy low, sell highs and a trade show with Marsalis. Awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, to me, that's like next level getting into it and using, yeah. um, I mean, you're a data guy, right? Like yeah. that's what this so, game, that's what this game is, you know? Um, yeah, so, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> And that's something that I benefit, I would benefit from tremendously. Like I'm sure you've listened to my takes and it's pretty much football based, right? Like, uh, I use a lot of eye tests and I, you know, I, I think I, I, I think it's relatively accurate and that's why I have fantasy success. But if I could lean on a model like that, it would take, you know, take my analysis to the next level. I just, it's not how my brain originally comprehends the game, but. Uh, anyways, that's super exciting. I, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing how that grows. Um, and you know, this being a, a statistical based game, I mean, that's, that's how you got to look at it. That's what's gonna, so that, that's just something that takes you over the edge. Right. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the, w what I wanted to also talk about, what you mentioned with the O-line rankings, like that's something you hear, like, certain roles have a lot of fantasy production tied to them mm -hmm. and people don't realize that like it stems from the online or from the o-line rankings right like yeah um, 
look at the Vikings running back that that role last year, Madison stepped in and had, you know, 20 carries, a hundred yards and touchdown, a couple catches, you know, yeah. that's the O line doing the work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think another example of that is this year, if you were to put like Cam Akers and his expected share on a really good offensive line, he'd be top 10 running back. Yeah. But that offensive line, I they were in the lat, bottom five. I think they might have been last place. And it's just, yeah, he's going to get fed the ball, but is it going to be worthwhile? I don't know. Like, hopefully they improve, but they, they have like half their starters should maybe be NFL starters. It's like if you can name – if you're not a big NFL fan, you can name five other players other than Stafford, Akers, Donald, and Cup. I, I'd be impressed. Um, yeah, I, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens there. I, I will say, um, I I know uh, Brian Allen on that line. He's a Hinsdale guy. I've spent some time with him uh, for a few <laughs> a few Fourth of Julys. So Brian, if you hear this. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, he, he's a he's buddies. He's, he's a good buddy with one of my friends, uh, younger brothers. And it's always funny seeing him uh, on the 4th of July. Just he's an absolute house. And like all of his friends will just get drunk <laughs> and start start running at him. And he just like just, just throws everyone away. Uh, it's always it's always so funny to see. But um, but yeah, no, that, that Rams team is going to be. Um, you know, they're two, two years away from Super Bowl. Um, we obviously saw last year uh, with all the injuries and then having this cup news come out so close to the season, it's like, oh, man, is this, this going to happen again? And then the rebuild is scary too, right? Like yeah. they sacrificed a lot of their long-term assets for, um, you know, for. Uh, it's worth it. You win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and Stafford gets in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Well, do you want to get into some awards here? Let's do it. Right, Ryan, what are you thinking here? Do you want to, are, are we, we're going to do like awards or picks for our awards and then, uh, and then dark horses? How do you want to structure this? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, let's go through each category starting with MVP and go down, and uh, each of us will go through and uh, say, who we realistically think is going to win the award uh, and then a dark horse pick to go along with it, uh, who we think is probably uh, the most uh, capable um, to, to come from uh, uh, behind victory there. I love it. Uh, well, Shade, start us off with MVP and why is it Jalen Hurts this year? I try not to be a homer here. <laughs> is it Hurts? Is that I heard you say no, QB1? It, oh, okay. It's not. I like to follow the money. So I'm going Joe Burrow. He hasn't signed his long-term contract yet. He has every reason to just absolutely ball out to get every dollar that he's worth. And I think he's in a tough division where they're playing good teams. He's our, his name is – it's very much like a narrative. I think all of these are – like there's a narrative behind everything. For sure. And I think if he comes in, he's recovered from his calf injury. He – just absolutely balls out, which he's expected to. And if the Bengals get a first round bye or their top three seed, I think you could see him winning it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I love to hear that being an LSU guy. Um, 
Burrow yeah. will always be uh, very close close to my heart. But um, what do you? I want to talk about his contract. So I heard rumblings that he could potentially be the first percentage of cap contract guy in the NFL. Is that? Have you heard that that narrative at all? I mean, I think that's smart, and I think the narrative I've heard is the Bengals ownership doesn't have that much money. And so when you're, I'm a CPA, so I enjoy the money taxes side of stuff. So like, from what I know, I think you need to put like a portion of the contract under um, basically a way you have to have the money and put it away so that they're guaranteed it portion of the guaranteed money. And if they're not that wealthy to do that, and he's signing a, $500 $500 million contract. I think that's where the issues may become. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with a shorter, more guaranteed contract and they just keep going to it. Or he could go percentage, which maybe there's something in the paperwork that makes it so that he, because the cap isn't known every year, it's not really guaranteed money. So maybe that's a way to work around Cleveland's ownership issues. That is interesting. So I love that you're taking your career experience into this because, I mean, that makes it so much more fun, uh, right? Um, Yeah, that is interesting. I would love to talk to see what, like, I don't know, a sports agent would have to say about that if that's a way to get around it. Uh, You obviously, like, wouldn't be able to give him. So my worry with giving him a short-term, more guaranteed contract is, like, that's a guy I want to lock in long term, right? Like, he is better. Yeah. For the ten, years. Term, like ten years. And, yeah. and what happens when like Chase is? It's better from like a you know uh, money per year standpoint, but also like what happens if the team regresses a little bit? Jamar Chase's contracts up, and they're like, "Yo, let's go, let's go down to New Orleans and or whatever." You know what I mean? Um, that would be scary to me. Um, so yeah, that'd be very interesting. I don't know the answer to that either, but, um, if that's a way to get around the guaranteed money thing, that makes so much more sense. Um, so Burrow MVP, Ryan, who do you have? Uh, I, I, I personally think it's going to be Mahomes. Mahomes is going to win this award. Uh, he is the best in the league. And I think he's going to prove that another year, uh, they're in the middle of this dynasty, and if I had to, you know, put my entire life savings on, on a pick, it's going to be Mahomes, you know. So, well, as your CPA, Brian r- recommends you do not do that. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't be doing it. But if, you know, I just think he's uh, he's got the best shot. So um, you've heard me talk about Josh Allen. I'm taking Allen. Um, it's funny that we are all going AFC basically at this point, it's going to be who's the top seed in the AFC from what we just all named. Um, So um, yeah, I mean, mine's Josh Allen. I think between the elbow injury and um, his rumored off field drama, um, you saw a little bit of a down year, but that bill's offense is outstanding. Um, I think that they are going to just look like that bill's team that puts up you know, four touchdowns in the first half and just kind of as if teams can stay you know, almost like the Eagles last year, if teams can stay, uh, keep up with them, then they're just going to score 40 
45, 45 points, you know, just their offense is so high powered and they score so fast. Uh, and I think Josh Allen, uh, Gabe Davis should have his health this year. Uh, if you see a healthy Bills offense, you add the James Cook element into it, who you talked about zero RB strategies. Like he's another guy I would look at late uh, because of his skill set in an offense that flies and his ability to catch the ball. So um, I just think it's going to be such an exciting team. I have them winning the Super Bowl. And if they're, you know, one seed, Josh Allen's going to be looking very pretty for that MVP. Um, so, yeah, that's who I have. Um, and then just to kind of p- jump into dark, uh, dark horse, it segues perfectly of all of us taking AFC uh, quarterbacks because I can't really go much lower than Lawrence, but I could see Herbert and Lawrence being two guys that, you know, Thirteen. First of all, we've all talked about Herbert and how we expect him to bounce back. But Trevor Lawrence, too, man, like weak division. That offense is adding a wide receiver one to it. We saw how big of a step forward they took last year. Well, here we are in year two. Uh, I think they can take another massive step forward. You add Tank Bigsby, Ridley, two huge pieces to that offense. Um, I could see them having a great year and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, ended up being MVP because of it. So I'll follow up on that because I was also my dark horse. Um, I think the (laughs) my, again, narrative thing there was second year with Peterson, another quarterback, second year with Peterson, almost won MVP in Carson Wentz. And I just think if you eliminate the Urban Meyer year, this is second year, he's got all the talent in the world. Everyone knows it that division isn't the best. So I think he's set up to win the division, be a three seed maybe or four seed. And it just, every no one questions the talent. Maybe it all comes together with Ridley. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I've said this, obviously huge Burrow guy. Um, I thought that the better NFL quarterback was going to be Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I said that after, Burrow just dominated a national championship against him. But from like a skill set standpoint, like in his arm, um, Lawrence is the more talented arm, but Burrow is an absolute leader. He's your, and he's got your intangibles. He's your fucking stud. He's got all the swag, you know, stone cold killer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but that being said, like you're going to see Lawrence take things to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing our futures episode uh, here. Um, it's all going to release this week. And I believe I have Lawrence yards and touchdowns. I think his touchdown number was like 25 last year and his over under set at like 25 and a half or 26. And I just think because, because of that team, I, I, I see him throwing for 30 touchdowns, you know, yeah. I just see him taking a step forward in an offense um, where Kirk kind of be is able to settle into his wide receiver two role, and Ridley is just itching to get out back back on the field. And um, I mean, he's in his athletic prime. I, I think it's just going to be an awesome offense. What do you got, Ryan? Yeah, I like where you guys went with those dark horse picks. Uh, you know, very very capable of uh, winning the MVP award. Mine is Lamar Jackson. 
<clears throat> someone who's won this award before. Uh, he's that. in the best. Yeah, he's in the best sit- system situation he's been in since he's been a uh, in the NFL. So um, if this offense is what we think it's going to be with Todd Munkin, and if they make the necessary steps um, with this improved uh, wide receiving core, I mean, it, to me, this is probably a bet that I'm going to be making this year is to throw some money on Lamar Jackson winning this award because – <clears throat> to me, it's just he's very, very capable. This offense is going to be humming, and uh, I just I really like Lamar Jackson this year. Yeah, uh, just to kiss uh, Brian's ass a little bit, it's going to be the AFC is who is playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl, um, and one of those. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, in one of those teams. I mean, I've been pretty vocal on the Ravens this year. I think you know I have. Bills winning the Super Bowl, but Ravens are a team that I could see myself sprinkling some money on because whether it's the Bills or the Ravens, I'll be able to hedge out of that, uh, you know, come conference championship time because the Ravens are. I just love that all of those, all of that drama from Lamar contract, everything goes away. You have a healthy Andrews, you add Zay Flowers. Uh, Dobbins is healthy. It's just like coming off of a year where nothing went right. You get a new coordinator who wants to speed things up in an offense that has so much speed, um, but also complements each other so well between yeah. Zay, Zay and, and Andrews. So you're right, Ryan. Like I could see Lamar having one of those video game number type seasons, uh, which will just, it, it's like Hertz last year, right? Like, um, same kind of thing. So what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I have a small future on Ravens actually anyway. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. And again, I'm Maryland area now. So people are oh, that's loving right. their Ravens. So yeah. Are you, you gonna... got their purple camo pants on as well. So just it's like, sit, <laughs> sitting down, eating a crab cake, watching Ravens highlights. Yep. Yeah. Um, awesome. Let's move on to offensive player of the year. Who do you got, Brian? Um, I mean, I was just scrolling through and I thought one of the funniest things I saw was Taysom Hill at like 36th best odds. <laughs> Don't recommend doing that, but just that he's up there with like <laughs> other top tier talent. It's like, all right, then. but mine is almost an add on with my MVP and offensive player of the year is normally just your best non-quarterback recently. So if Burrow has an MVP year, Chase is having 15-plus touchdowns. So yeah. I got Jamar Chase in there. Um, I just think it, yeah. I, sorry it's a good to way to stack up. your bets. I, I have him as well. Um, so just wanted to add that in there. Um, Chase, I mean, he's just – you know how I feel about it. Those that uh, Ryan knows how I feel about those two LSU receivers. Like Chase was the alpha in that wide receiver room in college. Uh, he's the better talent. He has Burrow, uh, that undeniable chemistry. Um, I could see him coming out and have. I mean, he was leading. He he had more targets than uh, than Chase per game last year, or than Jefferson. Sorry, this cold scrambled brain. Um, than Jefferson last year um, when healthy and. I think the worry with him is like, is Higgins going to eat in that production? I just think those two are going to continue to get better together and yeah. they're, they're starting to enter their prime and they're going to put up some ridiculous seasons. Uh, and I think this is going to be the start of that. Agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like uh, that. Uh, it's hard not to pick Jamar Chase here, um, but I am going with Justin Jefferson. Um, <clears throat> we saw what he did last year. Every year he's been, you know, 1,400 yards, 1,600 yards. Last year, 1,800 yards. Like, if he gets 2,000 yards this year, like, I mean, he's just looks unstoppable right now. Um, so I, you know, I think Justin Jefferson is going to win it. Um, but my dark horse pick is Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is going to go out there. And if he ends up playing out of his mind, if he ends up getting better with his arm and runs like he did last year, which was a historic rushing season for quarterbacks, um, you know, we saw what uh, Lamar Jackson did uh, statistically when he won MVP. And it's not out of the range of possibilities for, uh, for, Justin Fields to have a similar type of season um, so that he's my dark horse. And I would love if he actually ended up winning that award. That is an interesting pick. So what does that mean? Like, does that mean that one of these guys we talked about in Mahomes, Allen and um, in Burrow win MVP and then Fields just has an awesome year. So they put him in at offensive player of the year. Uh, I can kind of, yeah. I can kind of see that. I mean, like, yeah. I, I, you, that's interesting. Let's put it that way. Let's say give he the has MVP to the more passing heavy. Give the offensive player of the year to the more rushing heavy. Yeah, I that that's interesting. About that. Yeah. Um. So I kind of like that. Um. And listen, like, Ryan has some very high hopes for the Bears this year. Um. I oh, don't. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of Bears fans think that can happen. I, I still think they take a massive step forward, uh, and they're you know eight and nine. I think it was my official Bears prediction, which is a huge step forward from last year. And that means that offense is going to look good, and and Fields is going to look really good. So I can get on board with that. Saying he rushes for. I don't know, another thousand whatever yards it ends up being, but you see his arm pick up him and DJ Moore um, look really good together. I, I can get on board with that. It's definitely interesting to go quarterback at that position after, you know, it's been like shade said, so uh, offensive player, non quarterback um, heavy, but um, yeah, I like that. Mine's mine's a kind of a narrative uh, pick as well. I have, I could see a, a world where Bijan Robinson just goes off and wins offensive uh, rookie of the year and offensive player of the year. Um, I do have the Falcons winning that division um, and just that's going to require Ritter to be average, average, which I think he can be, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that division's weak. Uh, it's going to be in my mind between them and the saints and Bijan is such a talented um, multi-threat type player that if you see him kind of have those fantasy cheat codes in the receiving game, get creative. They're just like we've heard uh, the, we've heard Gibbs, um, you know, get some slot work. Have Do you think that's going to happen? I want to ask that, Shade. Do you think we're going to see Bijan in the slot with the Falcons trying to get Algier or maybe some two running back um, sets like I, I just I see them wanting to get Algier on the field and that could be them both on the field at the same time I hope so I hope they do that with uh, honestly any running back they're going to put that much money or draft capital in I hope you have the mindset of let's get them in the passing game let's model their game off of Christian McCaffrey 
and just almost do like a positionless, similar to the 49ers approach, just like they can all run, they can all catch. I mean, he's proven that he can catch, and I, I hope they do that with them. Yeah. I just, yeah, I. it's bold. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And I mean, he, he could have the opportunity and I hope he does. He, it's just, I, I will not be putting money on that. I think obviously offensive rookie of the year is probably the better bet, 100%. but it is dark horse. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's to me, it's just dark horse. That's it. I, I think, I, I think his three to one offensive rookie of the year is, um, definitely the best route to go i mean in order for anyone else to win that i guess we'll just segue right into it in order for anyone else i want to hear your dark horse at, at player of the year but um in order for anyone else to win the offensive rookie of the year not being Bijan, i think it's going to have to be like anthony richardson who just has a ridiculous year um that's not the way that i lean in terms of that happening but um to me, it's like Bijan's going to get fed the ball and just be so good that it's going to be hard to see anyone else really um, win that award. But uh, let's hear let's hear your dark horse first before we start talking about that. Yeah, I think it's almost an emotional hedge for me. Okay. I just think if Tony Pollard, if he yeah. can keep his efficiency and they just feed him the rock with Zeke like on, yeah he he scares me like he whenever he gets the ball he can take it 60 or take it 70 for a touchdown i think that plus if he gets a massive workload doesn't get injured i and if i mean cowboys are a good team i think it's eagles and cowboys and 49ers same i like i like cowboys more than 49ers as same well. i think it's mostly whoever wins the nfc east is probably your super bowl participant i agree Pollard is He's scary. Like he's really good. I think he's pretty good odds still. Yeah, I agree. That's uh Pollard more than anyone benefited from Fournette, Zeke, Hunt. I mean, obviously those last two, uh, Fournette and Hunt haven't gone anywhere yet, but I think everyone was saying one of those guys between Zeke and Fournette were gonna be on the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Um, and then it didn't happen. And then Malik Davis is not the RB two. It's Rico Dowdle. It's like, I mean, yeah, granted Deuce Vaughn should be used a little bit, but for the most part, it's him. Right. Yeah. Um, so that could, that could lead to, uh, a massive fantasy year. And it's really going to come down to, um, for me, like, can he still have the same efficiency and, huge plays that he had last year with being such a focal point. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it could be huge. What do you think, Rye? <clears throat> you got, um, you got yeah, definitely agree with screen. that. No, I know my internet is uh, atrocious right now. So, um, no, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, we can, we can move on to the, uh, um, I think we're, we hit everybody's dark horse there. Then? Um, yeah. oh, I did. I get Justin Fields. No, give us your uh, raw offensive rookie of the year pick. Sorry. Oh yeah, offensive. Oh, offensive rookie of the year is going to be. Um, uh, it's Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young. Uh, he's you know probably the has the best chance 
<clears throat> to win this award uh, if he ends up playing well. He, you know, reports coming out of camp that he is the smartest rookie quarterback, you know, um, that we've seen in a while since almost Andrew Luck. So, uh, you know, if he ends up playing uh, playing well, I think he has a good chance of winning this uh, award. Yeah, I actually had the same one. I think Carolina could surprise. They have a they have a good amount of young talent on that defense too, yeah. and I think he plays the similar type of game of like of a top tier like game manager where whoever's open he's going to get it to him. So yeah, they don't have a bunch of top tier wide receiver talent, but they have pros. They have people who know how to get open, and he's just going to find them. I think. I I do have Carolina winning that division, but Love I that. also just don't yeah, I don't like the Saints. I see the Falcons, but I don't know about Ritter. And yeah. just the Bucks are no. Like they're not that good. <laughs> I, yeah. It's a no. Yeah, I just You're not a Baker guy. I mean, they'll be fine. I just think they're kind of the Rams, they're going to have that fall off that the Rams had. They went all in when Brady was there. Smart to do it. Now you just have to rebuild. I think they could be a Caleb Williams, a Drake May type team. Yeah, so I want to get into Panthers winning the division a little bit deeper. They I certainly looked at them when we we're talking when we we're talking division winner um, as someone that could do it. Um, I completely agree with Bryce in that he is uh, his IQ and his his, his football um, in his his intuition on the field. You can just see it, right? Play breaks down. He finds space. Like he looks like Mahomes when he finds space. Play breaks down and he finds that guy in space. Um, so I, I mean, and and then completes the play with his arm. Sorry mm -hmm. to, to add to that. You know what I mean? Um, you saw it at Alabama a ton. I'm excited to see it in the pros. Um, I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, I, he will figure it out this year. And to be completely honest, he could still, they could still win the division with it taking time, right? Like you might not see yeah. it coming right away, but that division winner is likely going to be, you know, a nine win team. Um, it's just going to be one of those divisions this year. So let's talk about what that offense looks like for them to win the division. Like who is going to be the guy that steps up? Um, I think him and Hurst have a really good chemistry right now, but which receiver is going to be, you know, the guy that they can lean on there. Cause I think that's, I think that's valuable taking, planting your flag on someone there because of their ADPs. I want to say that, you know, if you could, if you can figure out who will be the guy, you're going to be sitting with a very valuable uh, fantasy player based on ADP. I almost think it's going to be like each section of the year, there's someone different. Yeah. Thielen, I think, is still a pro. I see him at the beginning of the year and then Chark kind of taking over. Yeah. And then maybe if Mingo's any good, he'll come on at the end. But I think Chark is probably your most valuable from a receiving option. Miles Sanders is good. Everyone says he can catch because of his rookie year when he had like a few long catches. I've watched a bunch of his games. I don't think he's the best at catching. He's an explosive talent and a good athlete. And I think they'll feed him the ball and he'll do well. I just think almost kind of the narrative based on the offensive rookie of the year is if the Panthers win it over the Falcons, people are going to be saying, oh, it's a quarterback. He's a little bit more valuable 
even if Bijan yeah. goes off with your number three fantasy running back on the year, I just think it'll be a well quarterback position is more valuable and they won. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't hate that. Um, I just think that Bijan has all the hype and I think mm-hmm. it's going to just continue to build. So f- from a narrative standpoint, ESPN is going to jerk off to Bijan Robinson oh, yeah. all year. <laughs> and I don't hate it. He is that good. He's going to be making plays. I mean, you saw like his first catch of the year was that one handed grab. Like, yeah, it was a pretty nice play, but ESPN was like, holy shit, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, yeah. So I think that's just going to continue. And like, he is so good that you're going to see those types of plays to allow them to climax uh, yeah. the media. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, I think uh, to me, I'm a huge Bijan guy. I have since he's put on that Longhorn, uh, that Longhorn. Um, Jersey and he really hasn't disappointed. It's just been continuing to build. Um, he's got that Saquon athleticism. So I fully expect him to be a top three running back. Um, and if they win the division, then how are you going to give it to anyone else? I mean, um, that that being said, I'm on your side with Ritter too. (laughs) Like, is he good enough? Like, just don't make mistakes, extend some, like get the ball in low risk situations, get the ball to your three fucking athletically beast mont- uh, dog there in in, in Bijan, uh, London, and in Pitts, and just don't make mistakes. But will he do that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's got all the weapons in the world to make it happen. I just uh, we'll see. You know. Yeah, give us your. Uh, um, let's hear who your dark horse is, Brian. You'll like this. Yeah, with it, your it's hard. Oh, Brian and Ryan. I, I get. Uh, Sorry. I, Sorry, I'll call Ryan, you Chuck. I'll ahead, call man. you Chuck. I'll call you Chuck. All right, cool. Just making sure. But go ahead, Brian. Oh, I was going to say, I have Kincaid. He's definitely a dark horse. But if you have, if he is the Bills' second receiving option, I yeah. just think he'll be a stud. Like, yep. I don't necessarily trust he will be. I think it's going to be Davis, and I think Kincaid will take a little bit because they have already a – if Kincaid makes one mistake, you just go to Dawson Knox, who's still a solid NFL tight end. But just from a dark horse standpoint, there's opportunity there, and if he takes it, he could be be a narrative. Oh, like this tight end went off. He's on the Bills. Bills are the number one seed. There's a route there. I wouldn't put a bunch of money, but with those odds, sprinkle a little bit there and see if it hits. Yeah. um, I I mean, you know how big I am on Kincaid. That's just like, (laughs) it's my guy. And to be honest, like, I think you're probably right that Davis ends up being the number two. Um, But in terms of like 2A, I think it's gonna be like 2A and then 2B goes to Kincaid and I think there's still so much value there for Kincaid to have that 2B um, you know I think you could probably see it being a scenario where he has more targets catches Davis has more yards and potentially touchdowns if he can have some of those big plays that being said like I could also see Kincaid just being an absolute red zone monster right like just because of that mismatch him and Allen get a little bit of uh, that momentum and then Allen just yeah pounds it to him so like 
Kincaid, there's there is an avenue where Kincaid's a 10 10 touchdown type of um, receiving option in that slot, mm. right? And like if that comes to fruition or even close, he's going to be a top five tight end and yeah. could very well, you know, let's say the Bills are the number one team in the AFC. Allen is the MVP and, you know, that's the highest scoring off. Like there definitely is a avenue for that to become a reality. So that is my dark horse pick as well. I'm sure that's a huge shock, but anyways. Yeah. And uh, that makes sense to me as well. Uh, You know, if Kincaid, if he is the weapon for the bills, I mean, uh, the sky's the limit, really sky's the limit. Uh, but my dark horse pick, it, uh, it's hard not to pick Bijan, uh, but I, I'm going to try to side with uh, Jameer Gibbs. Um, if the Lions end up winning the division and Gibbs is this prolific, the next coming of Alvin Kamara, um, you know, almost 100 receptions, uh, if that's in the realm of possibility for him, uh, I could easily see him winning this award, uh, depending on how uh, how Bijan does, you know, it'll be hard. But if the Falcons don't win that division and the Lions end up making the playoffs and they're really, really good and Gibbs is the reason why, I could see Gibbs running away with that award. Um, yeah, I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not going to add much to that. I'm just going to say also, like, Quentin Johnson's another guy that you could see a path to that. Like, let's say Keenan or Mike Williams uh, get banged up like we've seen in the past. When they get banged up, yeah. When, yeah, I didn't want to put that on them, but and then you see, then you see QJ QJ step in. His skill set's ridiculous, right? Like talent, talent wise, and Herbert is not going to skip a beat this year if one of those guys, when one of those guys go down and QJ slots in. So that five thousand yard arm, um, five thousand forty touchdowns, it's it's going somewhere, and QJ could be someone that just comes out with ridiculous numbers because of it. So, wanted to add that. Um, let's jump into the defensive side of the ball. Uh, who do you got, Brian Shade, as uh, as your defensive player of the year? Uh, I went TJ Watt. I think there's the Steelers. I mean, the stats with him on the field and their winning percentage is absurd. It just kind of comes down to him staying healthy. Micah Parsons, great. Like, I think yeah. if you were to have me bet who do I think is going to win the most, sure. But who do I think has the best odds? I'd go TJ. I just think you get a better value there. He's a stud. And if the Steelers do well in that division, which they have a chance, it kind of depends on Pickett. But that defense is going to be led by him, and he – just gets it done year in year out. Yeah, um, I I love that. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be better than people are projecting, and I think Pickett and Pickens have something special there. Uh, and they just are one of those teams that had a really bad year last year. And if Pickett takes a step forward, um, that team is going to gain. Uh, it's going to light a fire, right? That defense yeah. is so good, and it'll light a fire on that defense, knowing they have a shot in a division mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. That's probably my most excited uh, division that I have is um, watching all of those four go back, go head-to-head all season long. So, um, yeah, they have dog that, too. Oh, I know. It's so fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, 
staying in that division, I have Miles Garrett. I think he's just a physical freak, right? Um, so um, I can see him having – and that D-line is really good. Um, so mm-hmm. I can see him just kind of bullying people all season. Um, that's my that's my pick as defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. No, and kind of going off that, I remember Eagles had the practice, the like live practice with the Browns, and the whole story was Browns won that won the first day because Miles Miles Garrett was playing. Second day, Eagles won. Miles Garrett was out. Yeah, like he's um, a stud. He is an absolute stud. I think that's another team. Like, I want to see their offense click, but if it does, watch out. They could be pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, My defensive player of the year, um, you know, it kind of hinders on the contract situation. If Nick Bosa figures out his contract, comes back week one, Nick Bosa is my pick. But that's still up in the air, and I'm confident that they're, they're going to get the deal done. They need Nick Bosa on the field. He is the best player on their team, and uh, I think um, he can easily win this award if he plays uh, the full season. But if that doesn't happen, I, you know, T.J. Watt, you know, is he's a beast, and I, I think he has equal, equally, ch- equal chance of winning this award just like Nick Bosa. So uh, those two guys are just dominant, and. Uh, that, that's basically my caveat there. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, Dark Horse, I have Roquan. Uh, we like talked about we, we talked about the Ravens. He just is a Raven. Like, we're used to seeing a linebacker that is all over the field wrecking havoc. Um, and if the Ravens end up winning that division... Uh, Roquan's going to have just, you know, ridiculous number tackle games. Um, you know, I could see those, him causing fumbles, just being really everywhere, coming off the edge, um, being in coverage, getting sacks. He, he's, he, he's one of those guys that can just, he's so talented and so athletic. Um, he can kind of change games. So if the Ravens end up winning that division, I could see them being the one seed. They're, they're that good. Um, just talking through this, I'm so excited for the AFC football this year, man. <laughs> I, I like it because I can be entertained by watching that, and hopefully the Eagles' route is as it seems now, where there's they got two teams to get through. It yeah. probably won't be the case, but I like this narrative going into the season more than the NFC being stacked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, my dark horse pick, uh, Sauce Gardner. Um, I mean, we saw what he did last year when in defensive rookie of the year um, sauce is just, he's a difference maker. And uh, I think he's going to fit into that um, lockdown, um, you know, Revis Island type of deal uh, getting, getting lost in the sauce over there uh, with the jets. So yeah, I mean, you know, if this defense is top tier, like I think they're going to be um, and sauce just has a dominant season. I could see him uh, winning this award. Yeah, I was going to mention Q. I was going to mention Q as another guy too. Like just he looks he's physically just monster and I mean you're seeing it spotlighted on Hard Knocks but uh how he can just punch you in the mouth and then get in there so quick that could be pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, for mine I had Pat Sertain similar where it's just 
Uh, just from looking back, it's normally been a pass rusher, at least past five years, pass rusher or cornerback. And if the Broncos are good, I think there's such a negative narrative with Wilson that it's going to shift to, well, these Broncos won, like the defense won it for him. And I think the defense is led by Sertain. He can take half a field away from you. Like he's just a stud. Similar to Sauce, I just I feel I like the odds a little bit more on Sertain because you don't have the hard knocks bump. Yeah. Um I love that. We just talked about the Broncos earlier. Um and Sertain is a guy that I'm just in love with. He's uh, he's an absolute beast. Um, I forget what it was. It was something like if last year, if the Broncos scored 18 points in their first 11 games, they would have been 10 and one. Um, just kind of shows how good that defense is. And I think you're going to see that again this year. Um, so um, I love that pick, to be honest. I may even actually look into it um, because, listen, Broncos are another team that's like the year after everyone thinks yeah. that they're going to be the, this, you know, new, this, this new, new toy in the NFL. Well, you bring in Peyton, you th- would hope and think that Russell Wilson uh, is a winner and it's not just Pete Carroll's system like you saw with Gino, but, um, but yeah, I mean like those two are proven winners in the NFL. If they get some momentum and that defense is that good, uh, it's going to be the defense that carries them um, and them just doing enough on offense uh, and, and could could find themselves. I don't think they could really win that division, but certainly make the playoffs, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let's kick it off to uh, defensive rookie player of the year. <clears throat> um, I got Jalen Carter. I mean, from what we've heard about Jalen Carter, this guy is a fucking monster. Um, I do as yeah. well. Do you, Shade? Did we just you first unanimous? Yeah, I do too. I, I <laughs> Let's do go. Let's I really go. Yeah, Jalen Carter, man. I cannot Sweet. wait to watch this guy play defense on the on the NFL football field, man. He's just um, from everything we've heard, the guy's just un, unstoppable, and uh, just going to be a force to reckon with uh, for years to come in in the NFL. So I don't know, Brian. What do you what do you think about that one? I mean, I love it, like, just following him all camp. It's like people seem to be hesitant to give him such high praise, but then it still comes out. And with that defensive line, there's not going to be many double teams. He's filling the hole of Javon Hargrave, who last year got 10 sacks. And you have – he'll be right next to Fletcher Cox, who just – solid veteran used to be absolute stud you got jordan davis taking up space like he's never going to be double teamed when you have hassan reddick sweat on the other sides like it's just gonna be one-on-one and that guy just but he manhandled joel batonio i think in one of their practices and he's like a top five guard in the league yeah and they like to rotate their defensive line so you're just gonna he's gonna be fresh and you're just gonna see a bunch of like i think highlight plays by him and I think that could lead it. I didn't really know where else to go. It was Will Anderson was kind of my other choice, which seemed a little chalky, but I just yeah. don't see the Texans winning much. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, he is just a freak. Um, I think a lot of people are hesitant to um, paint him in that light is because of his 
off field issues that you saw and the character flaws. Um, but he could not have ended in a better situation with all of his Georgia guys, um, a team that is winning now. Um, and you know, those veterans are just like, Hey man, like, I don't know what's going on, but we're not letting that fly here. Cause we're here to win a super bowl. Yeah. Um, but you put him in a situation where he's comfortable with all those Georgia dogs and like, they're going to be saying the same thing. There's a few of them last year who were on that run. And when you're a young kid having that type of a Super Bowl run, you're like, all right, let's lock the fuck in. Right. Yeah. So uh, perfect situation for him to uh, mature or at least stay, you know, out of trouble. Um, so I love that for him. I, I, he's just such a physical talent. Uh, when he went to the Eagles, man, Howie is such a beast, right? (laughs) Like Howie really is the best GM in the NFL because every move that he makes is like, of course he did. And it makes so much sense. And then it, it turns out uh, like, that's why I think Swift is going to be awesome. I really do think that Swift is going to be awesome because of his skill set, And really all he needs is space and the Eagles do a lot of that. So yeah, Howie's a beast. Jalen's a beast. Um, it's hard to uh, not see the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But um, my dark horse is Joey Porter Jr. Um, mm. We talked about the talked about the Steelers. I mean, if he can get five interceptions um, and just kind of that name helps him out a little bit too, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, you talk about ESPN running with narratives. I mean, Joey Porter, if he gets some of these, some interceptions and the Steelers are winning games, there's going to be a lot of attention thrown his way. And he's a good player on a good, good defense, uh, and a good division. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. So he's, he's my, uh, he's my dark horse. Nice. Um, yeah, for me, I got, um, Devin Witherspoon. Um, Witherspoon uh, coming out of Illini, we saw how physical of a defender he was uh, going to the Seahawks. I, I just think, uh, you know, if Witherspoon can, uh, you know, really fit into that role and uh, be a lockdown uh, defender like I think he is, um, I, I think he's got a good chance of winning this award. Did he just have some injury concern, though? Um, if he did, I'm not aware of it. I thought something just came out that he like might not be playing week one. I'll Google it right now. Um, yeah, please but, let me know. But um, yeah, I you're. Can... Oh, I, I was just saying while you're googling, I can give my pick of Branch Brian Branch for Detroit Lions safety. I just think he was a stud, kind of do it all safety at Bama, and if the Lions do take this jump that everyone expects. And if they have a solid uh, defense and he's just on the back end, safeties get have room for interceptions. They can get some sacks. You can rack up some fumble, force fumbles. It's a long shot, but I just think he's a solid player. I wanted the Eagles to draft him. Obviously, we did better in the draft than I expected still, but I think he's <laughs> a solid pick. And kind of going off the Joey Porter Jr., if he can almost mirror his game off Trayvon Diggs of just be all or nothing where you have – you have nine interceptions and let up 20 touchdowns fine, but yeah. the stats look good. Yeah. Um, Witherspoon, I guess they're going to ease on. Yeah. He had a little bit of a hammy. Um, and they're, 
Yeah, well, he just he might not start the year, but they're not worried about him long term. So, um, okay, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. But um, another guy who's interesting is Tyree Wilson. Like you saw him, uh, you saw him just I forget who he bitched, kind of like Jalen Carter, but he he threw a stiff arm at someone. I've never seen a six five, three hundred pound human being. <laughs> get thrown around this way um so do i think I, I don't know that like i'm not huge if you see plays like that let's put it this way if you see plays like that happening live in games then like how do you not talk about someone will yeah. it happen i don't know but um yeah i think this is the most up in the air pick like yeah it's yeah. you could have anyone <clears throat> like no defensive one, we, both defensive awards, yeah. right? Like it's always kind of like that. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, what about uh, coaches? Uh, I think this would be pretty interesting. Um, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start? I have a feeling I know who your coach uh, of the year is, but uh, why don't you go ahead and let us know? I don't actually know if you do. I I, I mean, I have Sean Payton. Oh, okay. I, I, think... I thought you were going to go Doug Peterson. No, but I would love for him to win. But um, I just think he's, I don't know, this award is normally bad team turned good and they make the playoffs. And I think if pay, if they can win, sports media loves him because he was just in it last year. So yeah. media is going to be all over him. Russell Wilson performed poorly. So now it's Sean Payton was the savior here. Broncos already have a good defense, which I'm sure he'll somehow get credit for, even though he has nothing to do with it. I just think there's a narrative behind him where if they make the playoffs, I think it's his. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I think I want to say that that's going to happen too. I I, I do like the Broncos. Um, I think there's a lot of value on the Broncos right now because like I talked about earlier with year after a bunch of people get burned on them. Um, So yeah, I, I like, I like that a lot. I, have that narrative that you just said with my coach of the year and it's Arthur Smith, um, which kind of goes along with, you know, Bijan can make him look really good. He's right now, right now, Arthur Smith has made Algier and Cordero look really good. Well, now it's time for a freak athlete to make him look really good. Um, so if Bijan has just that, insane year like i think he has the potential to have if the falcons win uh win the division and are end up you know in the playoffs um to me i could see arthur smith winning it so that's who i took uh and for me i i doubt it'll come as much surprise for the roadies out there but i'm going with matt eber flues um, exactly what Brian was talking about you know for a team to go from worst to uh, a really good uh, worst you know, to first playoff. Yeah, where's to first? That's number what's number happen, one, man. number one seed, right, Rye? The Eagles. Oh are, yeah. You know, Eagles and Eagles and Cowboys are going to go head to head and beat each other up a little bit, and the Bears are going to be number one seed in the <laughs> NFC. Swoop right, right in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, realistically, um, you know, I I could definitely see a path for the Bears to win the division, and uh, if everything goes well for them, uh, you know, Eberflus is definitely. Uh, uh, high up there for uh, coach of the year. Uh, I like what he's doing with the boys in Chicago. 
Yeah, I think anyone can win that division. I think anyone can win the NFC South as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Um, I just I don't I don't have them winning the division. So I know we've had that conversation multiple times. I don't know, Brian. What what's your realistic um, projection for the Bears? Nine and eight, eight and nine. Yeah, I have, I have been eight. I have been eight and nine when we went over our NFC North review, um, and that's a good year, right? Like, yeah, that means Fields is the franchise quarterback, right? Do you think that's realistic? Is that your projection too? I mean, I think, I think, I love DJ Moore. So do I. I mean, I, I went to University of Maryland. He and Diggs were like the studs and they both did the exact same thing at Maryland. And just the narrative mm -hmm. of you have a really good wide receiver coming to a developing quarterback is just funny to me because it's both a, they're both Terps that are the good wide receivers coming over. I think he could be an absolute stud DJ Moore. It's I, I don't understand the fields thing because he was so good in the past game in college and like wasn't really leaning yeah he was a rusher but like wasn't leaning on it as much and then we just last year all when they started doing well he just started leaning like completely on the run game hopefully i mean it's he has the passing talent he has the arm talent it's i think it's more of the like mental processing of defenses i don't know for a fact obviously but i think if he can get that down just keep getting reps i think he can be a solid i mean he has all the talent in the world yeah for me so i agree with everything you said i think that um i think he hasn't been put in a situation to succeed and that's mm -hmm. why that's why that you haven't seen that the passing because uh, listen man like you gotta in order to have that confidence in the nfl the game's faster things have to be going right for you well, nothing has been going right for the Bears as a whole, and he hasn't had the weapons around him. He hasn't had a stable um, offense to really show that showcase that part of his game. But he has shown flashes. Like I, I, I always point to that he had like a fifty-yard throw down the left sideline um, against the Lions, where he just dropped in a beautiful pass yeah. right right into Moody's hands. So like that, what we saw in Ohio State exists. And this is the year for him to prove that is that it exists. Well, now he has a true wide receiver one in DJ Moore. He's got some momentum. We just have to see it happen, right? Um, yeah, and I so. think the rushing game should help him a lot to almost like provide a crutch of now that I'm comfortable and now that I know I can rush it and my coaches aren't going to be annoyed at me. Like, I feel like that's almost what the Eagles did with Hertz was – hey, you have a beautiful deep ball. Let's use that and then use the running game as almost a crutch. So we're still a productive offense. And then you just keep developing because you keep getting reps and then keep getting the ball down the middle of the field or like yeah. in the middle of the field, like the slant routes and all that and let your receivers do the rest. And I just think it's a good model to follow for the Bears. Yeah. Um, let's hammer out. We don't need to spend any more time on the bears. I don't know how Ryan snuck that in there. Some bears, talk, <laughs> but, but let's, uh, let's hammer out our dark horse, uh, coach of the year and then do a recap and, uh, sign out. Go, yeah. Uh, so mine, I'll just kick it off. Um, uh, Robert Sala, um, with the jets. I mean, we all see what he's doing in the, 
um, and uh, with uh, um, the TV show, I came through a uh, hard knocks, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't want to have a blank there, but um, yeah, we, we see what he's doing. I, I like, I like what I'm seeing from Robert Sala. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is still a dog, and that defense is stellar with the weapons they have. Um, yeah, they have a tough schedule, but if they can overcome that tough schedule uh, and be what I think they're going to be, uh, they have a good chance of uh, being one of those elite teams in conversation uh, to be a Super Bowl um, caliber team. And I think Robert Sala is a huge benefactor of that, and I think he could easily win this award. I like it. So I, I'm going to go with mine. We'll let Brian sign us out. I have, uh, I had, I had written down John Harbaugh. However, I think I'm going to change that to the winner of the AFC East. So, um, or AFC North. Sorry, um, I have. Stefanski at 25 to I'm just looking at the board right now. Stefanski at 25 to 1, Harbaugh at 30 to 1, Zach Taylor at 30 to 1, um, Tomlin at 20 to 1. Uh, so I don't know. I don't even know if that's realistic. Coach of the Year awards to me is usually not like a team that's already there. Um, but if you're going to win the AFC, if you're going to win that division and then you're going to win that, be the number one seed in the conference. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be a dogfight. There's so many good teams that um, I think they deserve it. Now, will they win it because of how political the award can be? I don't know, but I just think that will be the best coach of uh, of the uh, of the year. Yeah, I mean to go on that. My dark horse was Tomlin. Okay. I don't think he's won it yet, and just he's he's a top five coach. I don't care what anyone says, just that team wins. And I think he's a big reason for it. Culture, whatever it is that he does. I just think he's a big reason for it. And if the Steelers can make the playoffs, you improve with your quarterback, the defense is stud, like it can be studly defense. I just think it's a good odds at 20 to one and he hasn't gotten it. If they keep performing well at the beginning of the year, it'll be like, Oh, Tom, let's win this for Tomlin or, whatever i think he's good odds and like you said if that if they win that afc north it's gonna mean a lot and ryan's gonna I, owe me a thousand dollars uh i can't i i cannot believe that tomlin's never won this award like he's been such a good coach for so long that's amazing to me that he's never won this award he, he should have he's yeah. a dominant coach yeah i totally agree um, all right. Well, Brian, hammer out and give us your uh, give us your 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 MVPs and your dark horses. We'll all uh, we'll all just list them off and then sign out. Yeah. So MVP, I think bet I have Burrow, dark horse Lawrence, offensive player of the year. Just still find it comical about Taysom Hill, but uh, Jamar Chase and is my regular Tony Pollard. I think is a good dark horse. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I had Bryce Young. Dark Horse of Kim Cade. Defensive Player of the Year, I had TJ Watt. Dark Horse of Pat Sertain. Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, I had Jalen Carter. Uh, Dark Horse of Brian Branch. And then Coach Sean Payton, Dark Horse of Tomlin. So what you learned doing research for this episode is you're going to go and pick up Taysom Hill in every single league because the <laughs> NFL NFL script this year is that car, car goes down, 
Winston goes down, Taysom Hill ends up at quarterback and wins the division. And he's your starting tight end in fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. All right. um, I'll go ahead and, yeah, uh, my MVP uh, pick was obviously Patrick Mahomes, dark horse of uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, for Offensive Player of the Year, it's uh, Justin Jefferson, Dark Horse, Justin Fields, the Bears, let's go. Um, my Defensive Player of the Year uh, is Nick Bosa, if he gets that contract figured out, with the Dark Horse of Sauce Gardner. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year is Bryce Young with the Dark Horse of Jameer Gibbs. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Carter, very similar to the guys here, and uh, with the Dark Horse of Devin uh, Witherspoon. And uh, my Coach of the Year is Matt Eberflus. Um Go Bears and uh, with the dark horse of Robert Sala. Love it. Um, my awards I have Josh Allen, MVP, Jamar Chase, offensive, Miles Garrett, defensive, Bijan, offensive rookie, Jalen Carter, defensive rookie, coach, Arthur Smith, dark horses, um, Trevor Lawrence. Bijan Robinson as Offensive Player of the Year. Roquan Smith as Defensive. Um, Dalton Kincaid, Offensive Rookie. Joey Porter, Defensive Rookie. And the AFC North uh, Division Champion, that head coach, uh, whether that's Tomlin Stefanski um, or Taylor Harbaugh. So... Anyways, that's the award show. Um, I think all three of us can say we cannot wait till Thursday night. Uh, this will air on what, t- Monday or Tuesday, Rye? Uh, yeah, I believe uh, Tuesday. Awesome. Well, Shade, I'll say you are one of those guys that I can sit here and just talk fucking football to all day long. I enjoy this, this a lot. been an hour and 20 minutes, and like we Feels had like a long... 30 minutes. Yeah, we had a, we had a long eagle set, like just we could have not stopped talking about every topic and then it got to a point where it was like all right we got to do awards now Um, so (laughs) we appreciate having you on i I love your perspective on things um bringing the data analysis to this podcast is huge so we're going to lean on you during the season i hope uh you enjoyed your time and are going to come back uh come back uh, as a guest in the future so thanks a lot for coming on here man appreciate you guys having me yeah, appreciate awesome. it. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Roadshow. Uh, stay tuned, and good luck for everybody week one. Let's go and buckle up, everybody. Yeah.